Welcome back to the Duke Basketball Junkies. I'm Michael Exit. I'm here with my co-host Peter Rowe. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Sunday night after the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. What a difference a week makes, uh, huh? Yeah, Mike, I was going to ask you... Uh, what a weekend. What a weekend of basketball. Last man. week you were just a complete stick in the mud. Well, what did I say? What this, did I say? This, what did I say last week? Something to the effect of you can't wait for this season to be over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a tough team to watch, and now you're looking at flights for Omaha, Nebraska. I can't believe uh, you're actually considering going. Uh, I mean, it's set up pretty well. I mean, uh, it's uh, it, it, it's amazing. I mean, first of all, the season was the regular season for me was a bit disappointing. I didn't love the way we played a lot of the season. Um, Is there anything you can complain about in terms of our play the first two games? But this weekend, <laughs> we played sensationally well. I have no, I have no real complaints. I could. I could pick out of one or two things, but I have no, I have, I have no issue with how we played. I mean, they, they, you know, if this season has been about growing, learning, improving, the the growing the starting five, yeah, and incorporating Bolden uh, and Delorean as as bench role players, and if I get off my high horse about the bench beyond that, uh, you know. Arguably, mission is heading towards accomplished, but let's let's slow but down. We didn't let's really we didn't really play anybody. Yeah, but but yes. man, those are those are the two points I would make. Yeah. Is one the two opponents we we played? I mean, Coach K was very insistent on calling them champions and you know high caliber programs, which which they were in a certain perspective. Coach, Coach K is fantastic yeah. at that particular soundbite. Always has been. How, however, they were <laughs> they were definitely. Uh, week one opponents. It's, I mean, especially Iona. Rhode Island has done fan, like Danny Hurley's done fantastic in the A10, but they're they're also sort of like a first weekend type of a, opponent. And the other coaches and and commentators and analysts, they're all gushing about, oh, this Duke team is so talented. I mean, this team's going to win it all. Let's just. I think we should just slow down. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And you know, it's it's a it's a game. We can enjoy this past weekend oh, for, for what sure. it was. We because, played great. A lot of other teams went down. Both, yeah, both <laughs> both games we watched was just so impressive. So yeah. impressive, inside, outside, defense. Um, the defense looked great. Wendell Carter he's is a, anchoring the defense inside. Like nobody's business. Yeah. He's gotten better and better throughout the year. Yeah. I mean he showed early in the year that he, he could he could defend the rim, but he's really taking that responsibility on. It, it's really unique how how good at it he is. He's uh, he's fantastic. I mean we watched we watched the Iona game and you said something that really resonated. You said that he's phenomenal at defending the basket, defending the ball and his opponent without taking himself out of rebounding position. Like somehow you can go so often the, somehow yeah. you can go for the block, alter the shot, and then still be in position to rebound, which is fantastic. Um, just recently, I listened to a, a real brief podcast on the Ringer, the the NBA show, sort of contrasting Wendell Carter and Marvin Bagley, and they, and I I, I want to say two out of the three were sort of presenting the argument that Carter's maybe more skilled, more polished. He brings a lot more to the table than Bagley. And We've yet, talked about that all year. Yeah, there's Bagley. No, there's no doubt he's more skilled. He's a better all-around player, I think, 
It's pretty clear. He's got the wingspan. His strength. He's got the IQ. Yeah. He's got the defensive instincts. So, so I, I, I listened to a little bit of that. They're basically arguing that he has a higher floor in the NBA than Bagley because of his, because of his particular skill set. Uh, Bagley just obviously has astronomical strengths. Yeah. And Carter has some really good strengths, but just yeah. nothing is like off the charts incredible. But I got to tell you, watching him play this weekend, and, and really for this latter part of the ACC uh, schedule in the zone defense, he's really taken to it. And he's become quite a force down low. And it's extra impressive because he's not getting much help. Uh, On defense. He's not getting much help inside, yeah. 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 And, uh, and it's also even more impressive knowing that you know, he, he talked about a little bit, um, he, he has like a lingering Achilles issue, which uh, the Duke doctors have told him, you're not going to aggravate it. You just, it's sort of like a pain tolerance thing. Um, so he's sort of playing through that, and yet he's playing fantastic. Like, and, and that's why Coach K limited his minutes. He only played, at, I want to say, 19 minutes against Rhode Island. And, okay. and, and he subbed him out pretty liberally with uh, Bolden and Delorier, and you saw Bagley in there for 35 minutes. So he's sort of playing through some minor you know injury um hopefully he'll be he'll be good to go he i mean he just looks fantastic on on both both ends you know bagley has that wow factor because his head is literally above the rim and you're just like oh my god but <laughs> that but, one open court dunk they kept replaying yeah. his it really felt like his forehead and, and was the, at and his hair makes him look like <laughs> uh a lion you know like like the alpha lion uh, but Carter, he's when, incredible. When, when, when Carter scores, he he's just so polished. He can yeah. go right and he can go left. He's got he's got very just a, just a great game. Grayson Allen seems to have found his role. Trent uh, found his shot. Gary Trent found a shot. Trey Trey Deval is playing loose. He's, yeah, he's 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 playing well. He's playing yeah. really well. His his uh, his all court game looks better. He's Taking command of the offense, he's playing with confidence and that you know that flourish, but he's he's also he's seemingly just a little more in control. Yeah, uh, and I like that. I like that. I like playing free. I like that description. He, uh, uh, and it helps that we play weaker weaker opponents. But I yeah. got to tell you what, the Rhode Island backcourt is a pretty strong backcourt. Yeah, um, I mean, E.C. Matthews played about what we expected. He led his team, scored a lot of points. He's not even my favorite guard on that team. He played the best game. He shot the best. But uh, they have two other guards that are really good. Uh, that little skinny kid from Philly who didn't have such a good game against us had a great game against Oklahoma. Yeah. And um, you know, the other guard's really, really solid and has had a great career there. He's one of their – I think they said he was a seventh, their seventh leading all-time scorer. Was it Ter- Terrell? Yeah, Jared Terrell. Okay. Right? Yeah. He just saw – you know, so I think we kind of ran good with – you know, they didn't shoot that well. Yeah, I, I want I, I want to say it was relatively clear, considerably before the end of the game, that they knew they had no shot, given how well we were playing, given how well we were shooting, given how well we could entry pass the ball into the post, and they were missing a lot of shots. So you know, it's so easy to play with a twenty, twenty five, thirty point lead like we did, and then you see all these other program, these great programs like UNC, Virginia. Um, Xavier, all these guys. When you get behind, there's like a ton of game pressure, and you you see your, your entire season. And for some of these seniors and juniors, you see your entire career just 
just right before your eyes is just coming to an end. Like that's a ton of pressure. We didn't have to deal with that because we we were playing so loose and we had such a big lead and they're just playing fun. You see Trayvon Duvall knocking down an open three and doing the Malachi Richardson like three ball over his eyes. What was that? Oh um, my gosh. There was one fantastic time he <laughs> penetrated into the paint and did a behind the back pass from Marvin Bagley for a dunk, which was sort of reminiscent of Jeff Capel against Arkansas in the uh, 93 title game. Um, so that, I mean, that should indicate that Trey has no reservations about just being himself and playing. I, I mean, he's still a little too loose, a little too showboaty because yeah. when you face tougher opponents, that could become problematic when the game gets tight and when each possession has to be valued a little bit more. But, but well, I mean, we, he, we, he, we, he played we have pretty seen well. Him, yeah, we've been critical of him all year. We've also seen great flashes of play in the second half of the Florida State game at, down the stretch against Michigan State. Early in the year, yeah. I mean, he has had you know these. He was in, we know he's Iona. Talented. Iona, he was great. Yeah, he was great against Iona. Uh, and look, the the jury's still out in terms of like his overall score for the season, and it's you know a lot. A lot's going to ride on how he plays next weekend, and hopefully the weekend after. Yeah. But, so yeah. Uh, you want to start talking about next weekend? No, no, no. Not, I want to okay. no, no, I I talk about these games just a little sure. bit more. Uh, so it is sort of easy to look back on the year and say, well, maybe I was a little too tough on him. Uh, maybe we were, you know, uh, me especially. <laughs> but, uh, but the way they played, the balance game, that they, they, I don't think they had played a great game like that from start to finish, you know, too often this year. And, and when I see it now, I don't think, oh boy, we shouldn't have been so critical because they were young and developing. It I makes think, you even more frustrated that they didn't. No, no I just think it. like like this is why we had high expectations. Yeah, and they're showing, they're showing people that, you know, some of our friends were questioning. Well, are they really that talented? Is this team really that? We were talking about how talented this team was all season, especially early in the year. Yeah, it and wasn't just us; it was everyone. Everyone. Everyone who. And the answer is yeah, they are. I mean, I watched every team play this this weekend and. There weren't there weren't any other teams I thought were particularly more talented than we are. I mean, we're arguably the most yeah. talented team in the country. I, I, I still thought, believe I thought, that uh, Michigan State. Surprisingly, I mean, I I was very afraid of Michigan State because they have NBA players, tall, with length. They're disciplined. Three point three sure. point shooting, good coaching, and I was just so happy that Syracuse knocked them off. Well, yeah, I mean, what what a nice break in terms of. The, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have two lottery picks. There's a mathematical the expectation of us winning the next game. However, Syracuse playing well, they're probably yeah. playing differently than they played in the. Jim ACC Jim Beheim just has a way of taking yeah. double digit seeded teams and running the tables. They they played really well. Uh, a couple of their guys who I didn't really notice being that excellent during the ACC season. Yeah. We're, we're fantastic yeah. today against Plus uh, one, Michigan State. When we played them... And Michigan State shot like shit, you know, Yeah, Well, frankly. yeah, I mean, they shot Partly, below 30% from the yeah. floor. And um, I want to say Miles Bridges, the biggest knock on him all year was he's this six foot eight physical specimen who can attack the basket, and yet he just settles for long-contested three so much, and he fell into that trap. I thought Bridges played pretty well. I mean, he's if we're still, looking he, at, like, commonalities... He shot, he shot pretty, pretty poorly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean the whole team shot pretty poorly, but I at least thought he manned he, up. Yeah, he was going for it. Uh, I mean, he had one drive and dunk in the yeah. second half late. I mean, Syrac- uh, Syracuse is just going to ugly up the game, and so they're they're obviously live. I mean, they can they can compete with us. 
but I'm just happy we're it's going to be another game we enter where we're a double digit favorite. We're the biggest favorite in the next round, the Sweet 16 round, and you know I don't want this to go to our heads because we've we've we've, let, we've had letdowns in games before. I don't. I, I do think like it being the NCAA's. This, this I know be, these guys have been waiting for this all year, and there is like another level of it seemed like focus and intensity, like that that end run of games where we're down and we come back and we've won a bunch of games this year. Yeah, it just felt like we were ready in game from the start, and I hope yeah. we see that yeah. in every single game for the you know the rest of the tournament. Uh, you know, because that 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 means a lot to our team. Ty's battle is the guy that had. An incredible game for yeah. Syracuse today. He put them on their shoulders on on his shoulders on offense, and like just so know, it was two or three three point plays, and just that big 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 jumper. You know that mid range jumper down the stretch. Yeah, just playing like a big baller <laughs> for sure. I mean that's the whole thing is when you have teams like that, in particular Syracuse, they mm-hmm. ugly up a game. The game's in the fifties. Then you know any little thing can seesaw the game. You know, Ty's battle gets hot. They sink some threes. I mean, they can eke out, what was it, 54-52 type of game? 55-53? Yeah, uh, for, yeah. I mean, I, I, we, we're, I don't think we're going to take Syracuse lightly, despite the fact we beat them twice this year, right? No, no, I think we played just, them once, just once in Cameron. It was, okay. it was a, we beat them pretty easily. It was an un- ugly game. We held them to like seven, 16, 17 points in the first half. We didn't make a three-point shot until seven minutes left in the game. It was Trayvon Duval. Uh, it was Marvin Bagley's return to the team, and it was when Coach K right. fully committed to the zone D. Yeah, we beat him sixty to forty-four. Yeah, it was uh, it was an ugly game. Neither team shot very well at all. Yeah, I just remember being thrilled with our defense in that game. Uh, we really did commit to the zone. Uh, it was after Carolina, you know, beat us uh, at their place. Poor Carolina. Uh, Carolina, another team that just shoot... Well, two things about the Carolina game. Uh, they shot incredibly poorly from three. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, th- I think, think Joel Berry was two for ten from th- three-point range. And he's had many games like that. They missed but, a lot of yeah. open threes. And then the other thing is Texas A&M. This is the difference. Texas A&M was a seven seed. Rhode Island was a seven seed. Yeah. They got Texas A&M. We got Rhode Island. Everyone was looking towards the top seeds in our our draw yeah. versus the top seeds in theirs and saying they had the easier draw but but Rhode Island has a really good guards but a very very weak interior yeah and Texas A&M has balance did you see Robert his... Williams is the is a man yeah, oh my gosh he's gonna be like a top 10 oh, yeah. draft pick right? yeah he's top yeah he's a lottery pick but and he stayed he was going to be a lottery pick last year yeah he came back for his sophomore year and he's gotten and, much better I mean he played an incredible game against Carolina. But their whole team played really poised, really strong. They took advantage of every Carolina mistake. A lot of long rebounds on threes, a lot of misses yeah. that led to transition points for them. We but, didn't have to play a team that prime, that balanced. And it's a good thing because we, we tend to not do as well against these balanced teams. Look, we'll take any but, any so Carolina relative, didn't, relatively easy... Sure. Game that that we can get in this tournament. Um, it's just always two, two comments on, on the UN, the UNC thing is. Yeah. I feel like um, it's a trend you see in the NCAA is when you see like a high seed getting knocked knocked back by a lower seed, they get down double digits. I feel like they, they they're too quick to just start launching threes instead of just playing their game. 
Um, I know UNC's game is, a, is to run up a, and down and to shoot threes. They're but a good three-point shooting team, and the three-point shot is, you know, it can make or break you. It can make you if you're like... Yeah, you sound like Charles Barkley. Like, frankly, three-pointers are usually the most efficient shot you can take as an offense. And, okay. you know, obviously it's not if you go four for 27. Right. Uh, what, what did they go today? They, they shot pretty poorly. Um, but... The fact is that it doesn't mean those are bad decisions. Like they they were down fourteen and a half, I think. Yeah, 42-28, and they got outplayed. And then in the second half, Texas A and M comes comes out right from the right from the jump, hits two straight pretty deep threes uh, to A&M extend A and M did, did to, okay. to set to extend it to twenty, and they just kept throwing haymakers. They the whole first ten minutes of the first, of the second half, they just kept throwing haymakers. Right, they were blocking shots, and Carolina was trying to get to the rim, and they were just they had secondary help defense, they had great on the ball defense, they had two shot blockers inside, and they just matched up very very well with this experienced Carolina team, who was definitely definitely stunned. But right, but uh, I you know I agree. Like Virginia froze up. UVA absolutely kind of choked and froze up. I mean, they got outplayed. And I don't know if they would have won the game. But in the second half, they just they were looking around. Their body language was awful. I didn't feel that way about Carolina. I thought Carolina really was ready to play well and, and, and challenge. I, I and, didn't watch the game super oh, closely. Me. But when I did watch, it just seemed like they would come up and they would just launch a three. Like Theo Pinson would just, I mean, early in the shot clock. And, I mean, that's UNC's game. I mean, is to play fast, and and this year in particular, they didn't really have the bigs down low. Um, they were just for the record, they were six for thirty-one from three, nineteen percent, which is awful. Right. <laughs> and their best three-point shooters, you know, Johnson was one for seven, Barry was two for ten, Williams was one for five. Those are their starting. That's their starting backcourt. Luke May was one for four. So there's and and Pinson was zero for two. Their starters, you know, took almost all those shots. Their starters were five for twenty-eight from three. I mean, that's a big reason they lost. Obviously, um, I didn't. I didn't think that many of them were bad shots. Okay. You know, but when they tried to get it inside, when they tried, they they were challenged and, and didn't. They were they were you know they were tested and found lacking in that area as well. So they just got outplayed. By right. Really, game Aggies. Right. I mean, we don't have to spend that much time. Yeah, with yeah. UNC. That's, a, that's enough on UNC. The, the only the other o- thing I'll say is great to see Old Roy in tears after the come game. Come on, just great to see. Come on, come on. I love it every Joel every Barry, time. all we didn't class. Get to see it afterwards, Theo Pinson, all class. Um, yeah, no good. The the good guy, good team. The one other thing I want to say when when I saw that is Duke, we cannot. Yeah not exploit our size advantage. I mean, in the Rhode Island game, you saw who was guarding guarding Martin Bagley the majority of the game, right? It was a 6-4 dude. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, so when you have a mismatch like that and we're going to play teams where we outsize them by a lot. I mean, you have to exploit those and so well, we're not going to play a team that's guarding Marvin Bagley with a six foot four guy for the rest of the tournament. I'm relatively confident of that. No, uh, if, Syracuse if, has if, size. If we play Kansas in the Elite Eight, Kansas lacks size outside of uh, Azubuke, uh, Yudoka Azubuke, or you know, remember that guy from two years ago? Sure. Uh, he's he's like their one big guy, 
and then they they drop off in in size. Uh, so I feel like we should be able to kill them inside. Uh, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves and talk about the matchup with Kansas yet. Uh, I figure we go. Do we want to do we want to touch on 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 the the first two Duke games a little more? A couple of the guys we didn't we didn't mention. Bolden. Bolden's been playing playing great for like a month, a month and a half. Bolden just real solid. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a. Uh, He's doing his part on defense. Pretty much. And he's cleaning up the glass and yeah. getting an occasional bucket. He doesn't challenge quite as well without fouling as uh, Carter, but, but yeah. not many people do. Right. Uh, yeah, I think Bolden's been, been coming in very admirably, playing well. We don't really, we haven't been losing much, and I'm uh, very impressed. Yeah. yeah. Pleased to see it. Javin's been playing with energy. and, and Javin's pretty, been doing very well. well. Yeah. I mean, he, his rebounding numbers are, are pretty good. Um, he's He's... He's got a, a big vertical. I feel like he's uh, contesting yeah. shots, swatting swatting balls. He was guilty of a few, I want to say, uh, goaltendings um, that he thought were clean blocks. But he's just one was bringing a lot of high energy into the game. One was strange, I thought, but, but a lot yeah. of a lot of high energy. And it seems like it seems like when we play closer games, Coach K is going to go pretty pretty much starters. With those two guys, yeah, and, and that's, that, and what, that's, it that's, that's what, what it is. That's what it is. We're done talking about it. That's what it is. <laughs> that's it. That's okay. That's, that's what it is. O'Connell will get will get some run next year. Uh, Maybe. And I bet I bet you he'll, yeah. he'll get a spot. I I wouldn't be surprised if O'Connell hits a big shot uh, next weekend at some point. But uh, it's not like he played zero, but it was pretty close. Uh, yeah, he really didn't get into the Rhode Island game until halfway through the second half. So Grayson had ten points. And I wanted to make this point again. We mentioned Grayson earlier, but he had ten points. Yeah, uh, against, Rhode, thought, against Rhode Island. Against Rhode Island, but yeah. I thought he played sensationally well. Yeah, on defense, it was probably his best game. He really caused some havoc. Got in yes. passing lanes. Came up with some steals. Even like was helping a little bit on the interior. Uh, he still had one or two sort of like you know transition, gonna guard you, no, I'm not kind of plays, but. His uh, his his leadership seemed more evident uh, down the stretch, and especially in this Rhode Island game, it, he was really taking the bull by the horns with leadership. But yeah. I also thought it showed a lot of leadership to be able to defer to Duval, you know, for a lot of the possessions for parts of the game, and then when it was his turn to not miss a beat and and, and play play the role as a of a passer. Yeah, I want to say in the Iona game, they both had didn't four I, want, shots. I want to say eight assists and nine assists and yes. and post game he said something to the effect that we have two point guards on this on this squad and and you're right. I feel like he was able to sense cuz I, I want to say the default now is to just let Trey run things, but he can also take over the reins as yeah, I mean, the, it's like the half, playmaker. It's definitely half and half uh pretty much. I mean, Allen plays more minutes. Obviously, when Deval's not in there, it's his role. But it, you know, it requires a lot of energy to to, to run. Yeah. You know, yeah. to be the the primary ball handler. So it, some, it's nice. It's nice that Grayson can spell him. And Duval obviously isn't ready to be primary 30, 35 minutes a game. Uh, you know, but he can do it for twenty minutes for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is he wasn't forcing shots. Uh, yeah. Right. And, and I hope he doesn't press, you know, as the games become more important. He only took six shots in that game. Yeah. And it was three or four from three-point range. So, right. you know, that was that's pretty cool. That it, And I didn't even realize it until the announcers just mentioned it towards the end of the game. And I was like, oh, only it's 10? I yeah. thought he had 15 or 20. 
So it was a really nice, nice performance, nice weekend for him. The, the bigs were dunking all over the place. Sure. Trent got hot. Trey is still very liberal in terms of launching threes. Yeah. Um, and some somebody mentioned, I want to say maybe a week ago, like why doesn't Gary Trent handle the ball more often? And, and I want to say in the Rhode Island game, we sort of saw why he caught Something, the, he caught the ball up a few times. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Grayson and, and Trey are pretty important. There was one play where uh, where where Duval dribbled the ball, was dribbling the ball up court, and it seemingly just like lost the ball out of bounds in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. That's one of the point out that it, it was a hundred percent a kick, and the announcers didn't see it, the refs didn't yeah. see it. Well, and it, it I, hit, hit the guy's foot. I, I think he was adamant about it after the game. You know, it was his only turnover in the in the game. He had seven assists and one turnover. And he, it wasn't he, it wasn't a turnover. He encountered uh, defensive resistance. Uh, he like dribbled between his leg, and then uh, the opponent kicked the ball out of bounds. No, is, the, is that the one you're talking the about? The opponent actually, the opponent actually turned around and started running the other way. Okay, and it, it went off his back heel, but it was like real subtle. That's okay. all. And it, it sort of looked like casually that he had bumbled. I was like, I was like, what? Why? What? What is this turnover early in the game? But it was very early. But uh, you know, Duval played great. You know, even though he didn't, he still took four three point shots against Rhode Island. And I will say this: he hit a bunch against Iona, and the shot is looking a little smoother. But I still, I still wish he wouldn't take it's, too many. It's still sub thirty percent. Yeah, yeah. The I odds of it. him hitting back to back to back threes is. You're very good at math. What is it? What, 30%? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not much. It's 2.7%. Right. I mean, but, it's pretty low. I mean, it can happen. He could hit three straight threes. But, um, you know, the Iona coach after the game said... Well, he tried 100 times this year, so yeah. he's supposed to do it a couple times. The Iona coach <laughs> said, look, Duke is fantastic. They're loaded. We had to pick our, our poison, and we decided it was going to be Trey. Like, we're just going to let they him left shoot. Him, yeah, they left him open. And, and Trey knocked down, to his credit, knocked down a bunch of threes to start off the game. And That's a difference maker. Then they played up on him. And then he could drive. Up, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But I feel like that's still going to be the game plan going forward. I feel like most teams are probably going to play off him and dare him to take and make threes. And it seems like he's not going to shy away. Yeah, I mean, good for him. You know, good for him. He's just, he's got a lot of self belief, and that's not the worst thing. Uh, but yeah, well, it was really great, really great performance up and down by yeah. the whole team. In the Rhode Island game, he did have a couple of beautiful takes to the basket, which somehow inexplicably the ball didn't go down. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that was. Could be game pressure. Could be a lot of different things, and things are going to escalate as we go forward. The the second weekend will be in most likely NBA type stadiums, and then. If we get to the Final Four, if we're lucky enough, I mean, that's going to be a humongous football stadium with 80,000 people and no back, like a visual no backdrop. Let's, let's take it one weekend at a time. <laughs> let's take it one weekend at a time. We're, we're, they're entering a four. We're a 11 four, and a half point favorites against Syracuse. Running, then maybe we could play Clemson next. Right. You can't even look past that game. We're, we're entering a four-team tournament uh, next weekend in Omaha. And we're playing Syracuse on the other side. Three ACC squads. Kansas versus Clemson. Yeah, and I did want to mention that. There's four ACC teams left in the tournament. Three are in our little bracket. The other one's Florida State, who pulled off like sort of an improbable comeback win against Andrew I actually today. watched that. And yeah. I, I still don't know how When the game was over, I was still like, I didn't think Florida State deserved to win that game. Well, it turns out you, you, you can't just 
lay down and die in the last six minutes of the game. You still have to even attack, if he deserves to win. To score. Yeah, yeah, they they, yeah. they turned the ball over three times in the last two minutes of the game. They didn't even yeah. get shots up, uh, and when they did, it was uh, Cantor airballing a three. Right, I feel I mean, like ooh, that was pretty. That I, was, I felt like Trayvon Blewett had a bad game, and I felt like their other senior leader, um, Jacuso or Pacuso, fouled out. In a, he was a little bit too aggressive attacking the basket with the. It reminded me of, a, of one of these Duke games from earlier in the season where, you know, we got outplayed. Uh-huh. We the game seeming you know seemed a little bit overish, and then we turned it on. Scrap tried our hardest. That's what Florida State did. They just they were fighting for their lives. Yeah, and they they didn't they didn't want to, they didn't let themselves lose. I mean, that's the beauty of this tournament is that each game is so precious, each opportunity is so precious. You just have to. You have to win the game. Like, you cannot let off. I thought this was the most exciting first weekend that I can remember in an NCAA tournament. There was so many. You a lot of games? I ended up watching a lot of games. I mean, you know, I tape every game. And then I try not to I try not to look at the scores at the top, and then I try to scan through the game, and I want to see close games, you know, for the yeah. most part. Okay. I'll watch the first few minutes of a game, and then I'll, I'll sort of, you know, check in every every little bit. You just try to divert your eyes from the top of the screen. Oh yeah, you're sick. I did that tonight you're with sick. all the games. Okay. You know, and. Yeah, I watched that Florida State-Zaber game. That was the last one, so I didn't have to do that. But yeah. I mean, there were so many great games. Um, Should the, we talk the, about UMBC and UVA? We need, yeah, I think we need but, to But real to get quickly, into I, I did want to say something that ties back to Duke. Uh, yeah. the, the Michigan win against um, oh my Houston. God. They stole the only that thing, game. The only thing I want to say... The only <laughs> they thing just that, stole that game. The one connection... That poor I'll, kid on Houston who missed the free throws. Okay, uh, listen... I love John Beeline. I've been a big fan of his for years. With 3.6 seconds left, look at the play he he signs up. He inbounds the ball like 20 or 30 feet into the court, right? So the guy catches it with, you know, close to half court. Mm-hmm. Then he takes two dribbles. Then he passes again. And then the guy takes like a 24, 25-footer. But it's designed. The pass is faster than the dribble. He doesn't give to the most senior person on the team and say, hey, go dribble 92 feet and then try to get off a shot. Do you hear what the guy said after? He said, we practice that play all the time. Exactly. And that's that's what Villanova (laughs) said after their uh, game-ending shot against UNC. So when that comes up for us, I better not see Grayson Allen (laughs) getting the ball, dribbling 80 feet, and then chucking up a Hail Mary because... That's what gets me. That's what upsets me. Well, the funny thing is, the most famous one of these plays in NCAA tournament history, I yes. guess, or one of them is, yes. is Grant Hill to Christian Leitner. And they, they've told that story so many times. And I've, if I'm remembering it correctly, that wasn't a play they practiced. No, they, they had. And oh, they had practiced. And they had used I it I thought Coach K just said, too. Grant, can you make the pass? No. Christian, can you catch it if Grant throws it to you? No, they practiced it, and I'm they, sure we're being excessively yeah. harsh on the, on the coaching staff, but... It just it just seems like when when we have the ball, we're down one possession with like three and a half seconds yeah. left. It's, I don't think it's the, always like afterwards. I'm just left scratching my head, saying, the truth "Dude, is, that's the best yeah, you've got the, right there." The truth is, like Trajan Langdon against uh, UConn in the '99 title game, it's not as if the play was Trajan dribble down and 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 lose the ball. You know, with Grayson Allen, it wasn't you know against Carolina, it wasn't. Grayson, drive down and just go to the basket no matter what. Put your head down. Don't look at anybody else. Dribble down there and just take a three no matter what. Like, there's no way that's the play. My guess is there's a, a, 
some sort of set. It just, like, it just seems just like took it upon himself to these other quote unquote good down. good coaches. They have <laughs> these plays. Right. Um, they they use the pass much more than the dribble, for and ev- there's optionality. But, yeah. but for there's every optionality. for every one of those, yeah. there's five plays that go horribly wrong where they don't even get I'm, a look. I'm sure because you're yeah. so far behind the eight ball that you're, just you're probably just going to lose. Yeah, uh, but yeah, what so a kudos to Michigan. Kudos to Michigan. They stole that game, and like I was saying, whenever a kid misses like two free throws or the front end. And it directly leads to the other team hitting a three to win the game, where they at least should have like been a tie. The guy should have, you know. I and then the, you see the guy in tears or like you know head down. Like I always feel worse for those guys, and I feel good for the guys who won. Like if I if I don't have a rooting interest, I just always feel awful for those guys, man. Like yeah. I was saddened by by the Michigan win. I wasn't sort of inspired. <laughs> the other point about that game is there's a there's a there's a little video on uh, the internet right now of the same kid from Michigan hitting almost an identical shot in high school to win a game at the buzzer. Like it was a freshman, right? I mean, the contest on that shot, the the hand, the guy's yeah. hand was right there. Yeah. I mean, what a crazy shot! It was just a pretty incredible, pretty incredible play. That one's going to be on the. Uh, the end of the, uh, sure. end of the tournament highlight reel for sure. Sure. Uh, UMBC, UVA, UMBC, UVA. Man, you were you were camp UVA all season. I'm They're still, starkly I'll, great. I'm defense. still camp UVA. There's nothing you could say that's going to change my mind. So now UVA is just a terrible team. So no, what happened? What happened, Peter? Um, just started rolling UVA, down. Now? What happened? UVA is not built to come from behind. Okay. I mean, probably they have a pretty good offense this year, and the other other team. She sank what twelve out of twenty four threes. Okay, that's not crazy. Twelve out of twenty four. Okay, I mean this is like uh, we talked about Lilliputians. This team was this team. This team should not have been in the tournament. This team lost by forty to Albany this year. Uh, the conference leader Vermont beat them twice by a combined total of forty points. And UMBC is, is that the name? UMBC University not, of Maryland, off, Baltimore County, knocked off the State uh, University of Maryland. Vermont. It's, it's sort of like UNC Charlotte, okay. you know, in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. The I Atlantic didn't, Sun Conference. I didn't watch the game. They were a pretty good team. They won twenty games. Right. This I mean, they're not. They weren't bad. that bad. I actually, when I when I went to look at their resume after they won the game, or towards the end of the game, I was surprised by how good their record was for a sixteen seed. Um, Yep. You know, a lot of times 16 seeds, like, all right, you know, they, they have a losing record and they just happen to win their conference tournament. Or they're from, you know, like they had played some competitive games against decent teams this year. Okay. It wasn't like they were but the it's, worst. They they throttled Virginia. So here's what, I mean, yeah, may, they maybe absolutely throttled. Maybe a big part of it was DeAndre Hunter should have gotten that lone uh, vote for Rookie of the Year that Marvin Bagley didn't get. DeAndre Hunter is absolutely a player and he would have he would have helped. But I think the story of that game was the style of play that UMBC had. They run four out. They're just shooting threes. They're looking for transition opportunities. They played the the perfect style of modern basketball. They looked like the Warriors, like like a homeless <laughs> man, like the sick, like sick homeless man version of the Warriors. So when, one, when you say that, you're saying they're small, they had one big guy, and they had a bunch of three-point shooters? They didn't let UVA get set on defense a lot of the time. Okay. They're just pushing the ball. Okay. They're, 
right? They're right. they're just uh, shooting threes again. A lot of th- threes and layups for the most part, or kind of like they they hit some crazy kind of runners. But the, that kid Lyles is fantastic. I didn't watch. He's gonna get drafted. hardly anything. I didn't watch any game. No. It was fantastic watching them play. Their style of play, it was absolute. Just you know, okay. basketball on crack. They were they were just running at a pace that no other team played at. Maybe Marshall in their first game looked kind of similar. Okay, but Mar- Marshall also is very evolved. It's it's very modern. Their, their coach modern is basketball. Uh, Mark D'Antoni's brother. Who just loves the threes and just loves the evolution right. of the game. And UMBC's coach is Dave Odom's son. Okay. Wake okay. Forest's yeah, yeah, coach yeah. who yeah. coached Tim Duncan. And he, he ran a very slow-paced offense. So it's not like he got it from his dad. but He's just a numbers guy. But he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a coaching lifer. He's, his dad was a coach. He's, he's, he's adapted and he's evolved. And he's, yeah, he's picked up on, on what the NBA has learned about analytics and the inefficiency of post play versus three point shots. Okay. Because when and you know it's a, it's the stuff we, we we talk about sometimes here uh, that we don't know if, if if you know Duke Duke is into it, but we do shoot a lot of three pointers. We have for years. Right. But basically, you know, a team like that, why would they try to post up UVA? Why would they try to? Why would they want to play offense against a set UVA defense? Pack line defense. Yeah. That prevents penetration. Exactly. I mean, right. all they need to do is get any opportunity for an open three-point shot. And apparently what they've done is they have they have four guys that can shoot threes. You know, and they don't have to be the most skilled. They could be short. They, they don't have to be the most athletic. They don't, they're not going to get the athlete Syracuse gets. So their strategy is we'll get, we have one good athlete or two, and then we'll just surround them with shooters and we'll play this style, four out, Make the extra pass. They just drove and kicked. They didn't drive to dunk. You know, they didn't try to overpower UVA. Anyway, it was very, very impressive. And then they, they, they almost beat Kansas State today. Yeah, they made a game of it against K State, but more than a game. It was, I mean, yeah, it was Ended kind of an ugly game. It was a lot of missed shots. But if they had just shot moderately well against Kansas State, they win the game. You know, they, they yeah. easily could have won that game. They ended up losing by seven, but it was a one possession game with a minute twenty left. Uh, and okay. they went six for twenty-two from three-point range. Granted, Kansas State went one of twelve, but their defense was pretty good too. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And it's UVA, just, I mean, man, UVA yeah. always gets knocked out of the tournament. I mean, it just seems that way. That's is it. Villanova did too. Before you and I were, probably have different yeah. definitions of always. <laughs> well, is UVA have they made a Final Four uh, under Bennett? They had Bennett, it. no, right? I don't think they've. It feels like they've been top five or top ten in the country. Yeah, for the he, he's fared three or very, four in the very last poorly in the last five or six yeah. years. Yeah, and there's a bunch of guys in the NBA who played there. I mean, there's no superstars, but yeah, you know, it's um, it was a sort of a letdown for the ACC. I but just, what a great thing for college basketball. Yeah, I mean, I just chalk it up to randomness. You know, teams get hot. Forty minutes is is not a long stretch of yeah. play. I mean, think crazy things can happen. Which is why you have to be so dialed in, um, and then they, you know, and we lost to yeah. Mercer, and we lost right. to Lehigh. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a, um, it was a historic game. Uh, I was I was glad I had taped it. I had to watch a lot of it. Yeah, um, I, I mean, all, all the numbers guys have always said that each one sixteen game 
the 16 seed has some chance of winning. It's like 1.7, 1.8%. Nate Silver put out a thing today right? 538 and which, said this should have happened yeah. already by Which is now. to suggest that yeah. once out of every 60 games or 55 games, the 16 seed should have knocked off a one seed. So it should have happened. should have happened a couple times. Yeah. But not a lot. <laughs> it should almost never happen. You know, like those things almost never happen. But they can happen. And yeah, especially it's, it's just things. funny... It's funny and interesting that it happened to Tony Bennett and Virginia and this style of play because now it's going to feed into this narrative that his system doesn't work even though it clearly works. <laughs> it, it, cl- it clearly works. It clearly works. <laughs> but I wonder I wonder if other teams will, will will take a lesson from UNBC and more talented teams will be like will what? alter and, and play this style. Just play yeah. a lot faster and sure. try to score in transition. Which is sort of the way basketball is going at the pro level, and I wonder if we're going to see more and more of it at the college level. Yeah, but uh, there's too many old school coaches for it to, to happen way too, too many too aggressively. Uh, there was just a ton of great games, and uh, it was fun to watch. Um, you know, I mean, Nevada, Cincinnati, Nevada in our backyard. Nevada, dude, you live here. They're down 22 <laughs> points with 11 minutes left against one of the best defenses in the country. Talk about it's talk just, about folding. It's just so like weird. A, and then Nevada has those twins that played at NC State, the uh, Martin twins. Yep. I mean, they. I mean, I know one of them balled out. Um, that's crazy. And and their particular pod or region has just a bunch of stiffs. You know, like Loyola Chicago, Nevada, Kansas State. Like, one of these guys is going to be in the Final they Four. All, all, all those teams one of played be in the well. Final four. well. All those teams played well. Of course, yeah. K- Kentucky's going to be the one that maybe the Most the likely. Four. He, Most likely. I mean, we think our bracket broke great because Michigan State lost to Syracuse, right? Oh. And Kentucky just saw every other top seed go. They got a 5, a 7, a 9, and an 11 yeah. left in their bracket. And anything John really Calipari has to be so happy right now. Oh my so god. Happy. Oh, and I also figured out Not why, only that. why he dropped that podcast. It's because okay. he's got that Facebook Live thing. They're doing like a 10 episode series that's just filming this season. Okay. Pretty interesting. I know you love him. I, I mean, yes, I, yes, I like it. It's not right. <laughs> I like it's not right. You love Calipari and Roy Williams. <laughs> I just probably throw you off here and get get the Aaron Rosen in or Devin or one of these guys. Um, the Pat, I'm gonna call Pasternak. Forget it. Um, yeah, man, it was uh, it was a great weekend. Great weekend of basketball. Yes. Uh, next weekend, shaking him up really well. Oh, the other thing I was gonna say is on that side of the bracket. Uh, you know they lost Xavier as well, so the other final Xavier four, and UNC on the on the in the West. Yeah, yeah so these we, guys were we we are on Kansas is in our bracket. They're still a one seed. We're still the two seed. Uh, in the top part of the bracket, we have Villanova as a one seed. So our half has got all the high seeds left. They yeah. got a one two three five in their little quad right. know, quadrant. We have a one two. Syracuse is an 11, and who does Kansas play? Clemson, I believe, is a yes, five. five. So yeah. it pretty much I mean, went chalk, yeah, except for Syracuse. Relatively beating. speaking. Yeah, yeah. Syracuse crept in. But there's only one team out of the R8 that, that wasn't really supposed to be there. On the other side, there's five teams that nobody thought was going to... I mean, C- know, CBS is hoping that Kentucky makes it and like Michigan makes it. Or Gonzaga I don't know. makes it. I, I, I mean, they're I like pra- Cinderella's Loyola. They're actually. praying Loyola Chicago doesn't make it, or like Nevada. Loyola Kansas looks State. pretty good, though, don't they? I mean, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I read. Actually, they looked legit. They I read that well. the head coach uh, played and was and coached under um, Rick Majerus, and so he's got a lot of those fundamentals, and you know he's got a lot of slogans and mottos up on the wall yeah. where they practice. I mean, I, I love it when it, when either Nevada or Loyola Chicago is going to be in the Elite Eight. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And they're going to play Kentucky or Kansas State, and neither of those teams is like unbeatable. So we're going to see one. I think Kentucky's going to be very fierce. Yeah, Kentucky's I, very much like us in terms of yeah. uh, their team grows pretty exponentially Cause, week cause to week. Because they're young. Week. They're yeah. young like us, too. Yeah. Diallo really looks athletic. Uh, I was like, I watched. I watched Hami. the first. They round. call him Hami in Facebook. Watch Hami. Okay, he looks really. He looks like a really, really athletic guy. He can. Def- I think he could defend right now very well on the NBA level. He um, he caused a lot of problems for uh, for both Davidson and Buffalo. Uh, in case anyone was hoping for the upset, um, Davidson's good. Good squad. Yeah, Davidson looked good. Did you see that? Oh, the only thing I wanted to mention about UMBC. Did you see that Steph Curry? Sent shoes to the UMBC players before the game. I did not. Signature series shoes. It was like, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool touch. Um, Those ugly Under Armour nurse shoes? Yeah, the Under Armors. But, okay. I mean, you still know, great, great gesture. These kids are going to go down in history. It's, you know, uh, it sort of overshadows, I guess, the other, the other Cinderella's who are still in the tournament. But we could have another George Mason this year. For sure. Okay, so next next weekend we play Syracuse on Friday night. Yes. Uh, 9.30 Eastern Time, 6.30 Pacific Time. Or if you're going to be there in Omaha, know. it's going to be 8.30 Is that one Central or? Time. Central Time. Yeah. Central Time? Yeah. Should we go? I have very little interest in going to Omaha. I feel like if we go, they'll lose. If if I if I want to go anywhere, I'm I'm happy to go to the Final Four, San Antonio. It's a little bit bigger of a city. I've always mm-hmm. wanted to be there on the boardwalk or river walk. You've always wanted to go to San Antonio. Not always. I'm just saying there's stuff to do there as opposed to Omaha has stakes. Look, man. we've we've taken Sweet Sixteen trips where they lose the Sweet Sixteen matchup, and then you're just stuck there for four days. It's sort of brutal. How could Omaha be a w- worse of a city than Indianapolis? I mean, at least Indianapolis you can walk around, I guess. But I mean. Do you remember? Omaha's cool, dude. You remember Atlanta in 2006? We didn't even watch the second game when we lost to LSU. We just, what did we do? We, played, we, we actually we did played what, spades or something in the hallway. With yeah, we the did watch a little bit of it. We did watch a little bit of it. Uh, I think it was Texas. Well, Marcus West Aldridge and West Virginia. Yeah, Marcus Aldridge was on the court. I think, if I remember right. Okay. P- pre- P- PJ Tucker. Yeah, PJ Tucker and Marcus Aldridge. We must have watched a little bit of the game. No, we're too deflated. That's what happens. We got rid of our tickets. We sold them for like a hot dog and five bucks uh, for the for the for the, yeah, for the I, LSU I mean, Texas I'm not, game. I'm not overly concerned about but yeah, I mean, Syracuse, the, but but uh, no, I mean Omaha just does is not a huge draw for me. Uh, San Antonio though against Villanova, which could be an I would just love to play Villanova. The way this tournament's going, I mean, I actually really like this West Virginia squad. They they. They, they've looked good in both games as well. I think they're, they're only like a four, four and a half, five point dog against Villanova. Yeah, they they really are strong. Yeah. They're, they're actually really strong. They they look good in both games. There haven't been that many teams that just you know rose up and looked great in both games. Villanova. Villanova was one of them. Villanova's absolutely yeah. one of them. They are so well coached. I actually uh, I actually made an offhand comment beat. to a friend who said, "Well, I was saying, look, if we're playing great, 
we're, I mean, we're going to beat everyone. And he countered with, actually, if Villanova is playing their A game, I think that's going to be a hell of a game. That's def- certainly no gimme. Listen, I would love to play Villanova, but uh, that whole, yeah, I would love to play them in the, uh, in the Final Four. I'd love to play anyone in the Final Four. Uh, we're going to be rooting for Clemson against Kansas. And we're trying to try not to overlook I, Syracuse. That's I, the job. I so I was sort of hoping Michigan State made it, Just, and, and I'm hoping Kansas makes it so we can knock off all these good, good premium blue blood teams. Not me. That, that's me. Like I mean, I would feel less good about myself if the road to Coach K sixth is um, Syracuse, then Clemson, and then Texas Tech, and then Loyola Chicago. I just would not feel that great about that <laughs> do remember, title. Do you remember 2010? How do you feel about the 2010 title? Because we didn't beat hardly anyone. I mean, we beat we beat a team called Butler in the finals. I mean, they were a very good Butler Gordon team. Gordon Hayward, Shelvin Mack, I understand, uh, Brad I understand. Stevens. Uh, but they weren't, you know, going into that tournament, we weren't thinking, like, Butler was the marquee matchup. We were thinking... Phew, Butler knocked off no, no, it UConn was, the, or whoever the, they The phew was West Virginia <laughs> knocked off a Kentucky team that had DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall. And let's let's be honest, Wisconsin knocked off Kentucky, the undefeated Kentucky team. That's in twice. 2015. We, that's twice we dodged the loaded Kentucky team. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence, you know, like you you have to catch these breaks. Like the, yeah. there's a lot of luck involved in the NCAA tournament. Of course, of course. So I mean, I'd prefer to play Clemson than Kansas because I want to go to the final four. I would prefer and, to play Kansas. Yeah, I'd prefer to beat Kansas. Yes. Than to beat Clemson, but yes. but I'd prefer to go to the Final Four and have a chance to win the championship. And this is fun, you know. Whatever happened during the season, it's over, right? I mean, we didn't have that bad a season, and with we Carolina had, and UVA had, out of it, it we had feels a great season. yeah, it just feels like you know we just have a clean look at a, at, a, at a Final Four and a championship here. And this is so nice since we started the podcast. Yeah. This is the first time we actually survived the first weekend, so. We're going to feel good about ourselves for four or five more days. We can look at tickets. We can look at flight arrangements. We yeah. can think about like how the pod or the region is going to play out. So it's great, you know. This tournament is favorite time of the year for me. Uh, I see you have a lot of notes written down on a sheet of paper. Was there anything we, we, didn't, we didn't mention? We didn't talk about Danny Hurley, Bobby Hurley, and sort of the lead-up to the Rhode Island game. Bobby went on the record saying he was rooting for his brother. I don't blame him at all. I mean, how, how, how could you... How could you say, you know. One, how could you <laughs> knock him for that? Two, why would he say that? You know? Probably was, he was asked. I'm sure he was just asked. You don't know? you say no comment at that point? Or don't you say no, I'm no, pulling no. for both programs? I, I mean, I'm sure if you asked him, he likes both programs. And, you know, he's a Duke guy. But, but come on. I mean, it's his brother. His brother is never... His brother is his best friend. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's his little brother. Coached under him. And, like, how many shots... How many looks... How, how much more important was that game to to Danny Hurley than it was to Coach K? So it's not like he's going to hurt anyone. Yeah, feelings. I mean, we're big boys. We can understand. Danny, after the game, was just like, look, we just got demolished. Duke was an NBA team, and they were dialed in. They just brought it the entire game. <clears throat> we have not faced a team like that in my in all my years at Rhode Island. We have not. And so he's we just so great. effusive in yeah. his praise of the team. And I just went back and I looked at the defensive numbers since um, we lost in uh, Chapel Hill. We're holding teams to 61.7 points per game over the last 11 games since we fully committed to zone. And we're holding them to 38.8% field goal shooting from the floor. If that trend continues, then I really like our chances in addition to 
the balance inside outside and, and Trey's decision making. Yeah, the zone is seemingly improving. I, I still think there's issues. I, Bagley still looks to me as if he doesn't know what he's doing in the zone. Yeah, he, he's, he, he he's, floats back and forth. He's he and Duvall. Duvall, I think, are are the ones who Duvall's gotten better. I think Duvall's but, playing better defense. But than, but they're Bagley. both still. You can still just point at the screen when they're not helping out in some way. If you choose to watch just, five possessions closely, you yeah. will see Bagley make a a weird mistake or. A, like a, make a strange defensive decision. Sure. It usually involves him like floating out to cover the three point shooter when the axe and there's like a, a contested rebound inside and he's not that far away. Yeah. So like, you know, I, they still have a lot to work on. This team still has a lot, lot of room to grow. Yeah. So it's yeah, you know, but it's, it's, it's I mean, if, you know? if you if you if you look at the slate of games since UNC Chapel Hill. Defensively, we're playing great, and that's including you know two games against UNC. It's including like Notre Dame uh, with Bonzi and Matt Farrell. It includes a, yeah. th- these two NCAA tournament teams. So things are looking good. Yeah, things are, are looking pretty decent. Yep. What a difference a week makes for <laughs> for you. <laughs> I mean, for the for the for the team. I mean, last you know last Saturday we were. Watching the UVA UNC ACC championship game, and this coming weekend, both those teams are going to be watching Duke play Syracuse. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Clemson I'll take also play. <laughs> Clemson, Florida, Florida State, State play. It's like the, the all, yeah, all these teams that were playing like the five six game in the ACC tournament. Sure, they're still alive. So it's just it's just weird how it works out. Yeah, uh, you know, I did have the passing thought. You, it's hard not to sort of embrace the narrative of the teams that play more ACC tournament games end up sort of being winded in some respect for the for the tournament. But I don't I don't buy it. Yeah, I, I never bought that. I mean, right. a lot of our championship teams have won the ACC tournament. Yes. Um, and uh, but yeah, anything else uh, to touch on before we uh, we wrap this up? Uh, Grayson Allen, he more has Grayson. Let's he, do it. He won his eleventh NCAA tournament game. Okay, it? he won six his freshman year, coming yeah. off the bench. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I'll give most of the credit for the, he gets he gets credit for the championship game at least you know a big part of it. He was he was all tournament that uh, tournament apparently, even though he really only played in one game. Hey, he turned he turned the title game. I'm never gonna forget. It. I'm, you know, I'm never gonna forget he turned the title game, and you know. I'm still I'm Team Grayson. I just I was just been making the point the last few weeks that he's just not an all time great Duke player. He's a right. very good Duke right. player and, and a four year guy. When we right. don't have really talented four year guys, he's the most talented four year guy. Won't. Yeah, and we won't. Well, we've been talking about that, but I think Javin's going to be a four year guy, and by the time he's a senior, we'll think the guy's pretty talented. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean O'Connell we, maybe the same. Kennard, I think, was supposed to be a four-year guy. He just he ended just, up. He was just too good. He ended up improving so much. Yeah, and why he should go because he was never going to get drafted higher. No, I think I was saying like year. a week or two ago that Grayson's book is still being written out. Like, like yeah. he's he's headed down the home stretch, the final chapters. So all these little things sort of matter in terms of defining his legacy. Uh, he's creeping up on the all-times point scored list. Um, can you guess how many? Dukies have scored more points than him. Uh, I don't know. Just tell me. 14. 14. And probably when it's all said and done, 
probably single digits. Okay, that's good. Uh, one one idea I had and I'd like to do in the off season is since we've been talking about like how good how he stacks up is to do sort of our rankings of you know the best players from the best program players uh, for Duke you know one through fifteen or twenty or twenty five uh, and I thought we could create two categories and this is something people can look forward to in the off season we'll we can spend some time sort of ruminating on this. I think like one to two year players are in one category, three to four year players are in another category, and we can do the best kind of 10 or 15 one to two year players, and the best 20, 25, four year, three or four year players. Yeah, you know? I think we can just um, sort of disregard the one and two year players for un- until we've fleshed out the three and four year players, because that's probably going to take some time, and I feel like there are just going to be so many one, one and dones. There's a lot. Well, and it's I mean, just going to grow and grow and grow. Like an Elton Brand who played two years but was injured okay. half of the one year. Like that yeah. guy doesn't really belong in the three or four year list. But but I like the three, I like the three year cutoff. Yeah, we could do a three year cutoff. It keeps the Jay Will, the Dunleavy, the Boozer. Yeah, yeah. Now, how can you compare Jason Tatum to those guys? You, you yeah, really you can. can't. Yeah. You can't. Uh, so I, I thought it'd be interesting to see exactly how it shakes out. It's actually a pretty deep list. I was just thinking about it casually. Yeah, it's an insane list. Yeah, it's a really good list. I mean, it's an insane list. You got a guy like, like I thought, oh, what about like a Gerald Henderson or a, like a Nolan Smith or like these guys. These guys are fantastic, but they're they're not even. Gerald might be in the 30s or 40s. Yeah, I they're mean, not even sniffing the top well, top 20. Well, I think I think Nolan Smith might actually. Nolan Smith might. Yes, yeah, yeah. Nolan, Nolan, I think Nolan, I'm going to probably have Nolan Smith in my top 20. But when it comes time to do the list, yeah, we'll see. I also went back and, and looked at at numbers for Grayson. Mm-hmm. Grayson is almost a carbon copy of John Shire in many ways. Shooting his shooting numbers, maybe his numbers, three point shooting. Yeah, I understand their games are a little bit different, but also a lot. John John Shire was was never a point guard, and then it was an unnatural role for him, which he took on. I want to say his, maybe a sophomore year, and then again his senior year. Grayson's sort of the same thing. Let me ask you, has there been a better point guard? All right. I guess Tyus Jones might be the answer to the question. But take Tyus Jones out of it. Has there been a better point guard for Duke since Jason Williams left than John Shire his senior year? Uh, I would argue Nolan Smith his senior year. and and I mean, Was and, Nolan the point guard? Yeah, because Kyrie went out. Okay. And I think Nolan was, I want to say he was a first-team All-American. He was, no, Nolan was, he was ridiculous his senior year. And he was also very good his junior year. when we, His junior year, was, he, was, he was incredible. Yeah. But he got sort of lost in the shuffle because Shire was, was, had such a great senior year. Oh, I don't think he got lost. He was the, he was the go-to scorer on that team. Um, I don't know about that. Was he the leading scorer? I feel like he was the leading scorer. Kyle Singler, John Shire, and Nolan, Nolan Smith were the three, were, three were the guys, three guys who, who averaged like 16, 17 points. And then Lance Thomas and Lance Brian Thomas. Zubek were, and the Plumleys, a young, the young Plumleys, they were all instructed to grab the rebound and find an open three-point shooter. Because Andre Dawkins was also on that team. It's funny because, and, and we, we should wrap this up, but it's funny because Lance Thomas was certainly the fifth option on that team. And Lance Thomas is going to end his NBA career with the most points out of those five guys. And Shocking. I, I, yeah. I would have laid Shocking. 100 to 1 against that. Yeah. It's, I mean, think we we brought up NBA. Lance Thomas in the Devin Gordon conversation. Uh, Dukies in the NBA. You know Lance Thomas, and I don't know how much weight this carries. I, don't, I feel like it doesn't carry that much. 
Lance Thomas is the captain of the New York Knicks. Yeah, he's a veteran, man, and he's, he's the he, leader. He's the longest tenured Nick. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's only been there three years. That's absolutely false. More? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's 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 uh, crazy to think Four that years? after tw- after 2010, he would be the guy to have such a career. This is his fourth season in New York, but it's interesting. I don't, I don't know that the first season he was there, the, he wasn't there the entire year. He started the year in Oklahoma City, 2014-15, yeah. and he was, he was on the Knicks for 40 games, and then this is his third full season on the Knicks. But it shows you how much turnover there is on NBA teams without a lot of stability. Sure. And, you know, the Sixers, uh, a couple years ago, the longest tenured Sixer was, you know, like, Nerlens Noel in his start of his third year, you know, like they had nobody that you know, it's just it's not that uncommon. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so. You know, so my thinking crazy. is it's so weird that he he is in the NBA. He was such a critical component of that 2010 team. The 2015 team, uh, Emil Jefferson was such a critical component, especially coming in and, and sort of stopping uh, Frank Kaminsky. And where do these guys rank all time in Duke? I mean, where they they're not even in the top 200, right? Oh, they're in the top 200. There haven't even been 200 players. I mean, what are you talking about? How many recruits I mean, do you think we okay, get a year? Using, Coach K has been in the- I'm using hyperbole, <laughs> but my point is these guys aren't going to be on any all-time list. However, they are incredibly... Well, we, need, we need a third list. They're already, we need the role player They're list. incredibly important for the success yeah. of teams in general. Like We need guys like that. But we have no role players this year. On, on this squad, that, it no just... No starters yeah, that it are doesn't seem. It seems like uh, we're missing that particular component. Listen, that's why Grayson has to take a back seat sometimes, and it's why... he's Yeah, he's facilitating why, to make sure other guys are getting their shots. That's why Gary Trent can't be a primary ball handler. Like, they can't have everyone you know, with the ball in their hands. There's only one ball. Which is one of the issues at the beginning of the year, you know. The, yeah. who, how are they going to share the ball? Is there there's enough basketballs? Um, all right. Well, great weekend tournaments. Been a lot of fun. This is a, a an absolute gift and a blessing, especially after last year that we get to be excited. I'm fired up for the week. Uh, you really going to Omaha? I mean, if anyone would go with me, you're, you're not. If getting anyone has any heart, you're not getting any bites. I sent no out nibbles? a text to the list. No one, no one responded. I suggested it it's to my wife, and she's like, Omaha. I suggested to my wife, she's like, Omaha, what are you talking about? Who I'm wants like, to go to Omaha? I'm like, well, why don't we bring the family? We'll go, we'll have a good time in Omaha. I mean, it's a major U.S. city. It's not, you know, it's not. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Manhattan, Kansas. You're not. You think Manhattan, Kansas compares to Omaha? I'm just saying. It's Man, the Midwest, oh. and, you know, it's very plain slash vanilla. You know, grab, grab a great steak. You better hope Syracuse go to a, go to country pull some type of stunner. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think San Antonio is all that great shakes either, but, uh, you know, they're, they're fine cities. Yeah. Places I haven't really spent a lot of time. Well, let's so. let's hope that uh, Coach K gets his 1100th win. Uh, I think he surpassed Pat Summit for most NCAA victories, men's or women. Yeah, I saw him asked about that after the uh, in the post game. Some very nice things and, to say about Pat Summit. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he graciously handled the moment. He uh, did he convince you that he didn't care that much? You, you know, Sports Illustrated named them men and women, man of the year, woman of the year, or something like that. 
And he, yeah, and he, he brought that up, and he was like, look, if Pat didn't get sick with her health issues, she would have gotten hundreds more, and she would have laughed me. That, so That's true. I feel like, you know, Coach K is typically all class. Typically. <laughs> that's what he says to the, the outside voice. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, go Duke. Let's yeah. not overlook Syracuse. I mean, Let's focus it, on Syracuse. It, do you want to do a pod after Syracuse? It's going to be if a fight. If you're still in town, uh, do you want to go game by yeah, game? From prob- here we're probably not going to go to Omaha. Yeah. Uh, Why would you go to Omaha? Probably not. Just because, you know, I have children and the nanny's sick this week. So we'll come at you guys post Syracuse. Post Syracuse, maybe. Um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Worst case. We do. We'll at least, if we lose, we're certainly going to do a podcast, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, worst case, you'll hear from us next Monday morning. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, let's get this done, man. Let's, yes. let's do it. It's, thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. There's only four more games. Yeah. How hard could it be? Yeah. Can't be that hard. We won four, four in a row games. a bunch of times this year. Yeah.